Good morning and welcome to Dear God Am I Funny with Derek and Eric, the comedy podcast that explores if Derek and Eric are funny because their wives do not think so. Today's guest is Jenna Ryan. She is a writer, an operatic singer, a mother, and one badass individual. A little guarded at the beginning, but slowly opens up like a beautiful flower in rare parts of the world. Uh, She had me feeling insecure at moments and had me laughing all the time. Sit back and relax and enjoy Jenna Ryan. And we're recording. Is dying. And I can be like, well, you know, it's in his last days. And Derek will be like, ooh. Ah. Yeah. It sure can. Well, it's be. when you're at your best weight. Oh, I was at, you know. <laughs> I want to get back to my right before death. Story? Wait. This is a horrible story. So my first yeah. boss passed away. This is my first, like, sitcom boss passed away. I became very close with he and his wife. And, um, oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. And I was at the hospital when he passed. And we were taken he and his wife and I were taken to the bereavement room and (laughs) I didn't know what to say because her husband the father of her child had just died it was horrible yeah he had he had leukemia but he also had had horrible he had um oh oh look look who's back the dog this is Penny Um, (laughs) he had also had Sure. Um, it had a, what's that thing called where you have um, oh, colitis? He had horrible colitis. Yeah. Like horrible debilitating colitis. And he also on top of it got leukemia. He was in the hospital. He was supposed to have a one, two, three, like a, like a surgery. And um, got to the hospital because he had asked me to come. And he died. Before you got there? He died before I got there. And she was there and she had just found out, and I walked into this room with her, and I looked at her, and I was like, I didn't know what to say. What do you say to somebody who just lost their husband? I didn't know what How to say. How many kids did they have? One child. Yeah. And, um, and I said, oh, my God, you're going to be so skinny. I'm so jealous. That was... Um, that's what you said? That's what I said. Is it be? <laughs> he was in his 40s. I mean, he was a young man. Yeah. It was a tragedy, and that's what I said. I, 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 this is why I don't want to do your podcast. And why because I'm of right. what comes out of your mouth. <laughs> How does everything sound over there, Derek? It's uh, sounding fantastic. Thanks for asking. Yeah, it's hard to gauge because he says that as about she keeps, everything. It is true, but as she keeps talking, I can find where... Because uh, you're going to stay right there pretty much, right? You don't move for anybody. No, I really don't. No. I'm still wearing my purse. I don't, I'm don't. i not a mover. Je- so like Jen, you go by Jenna Ryan. I mean, now I've had a lot of names. <laughs> but yes, You, you, do. you yeah. do have a tremendous... You, know. you told me I would find nothing about you on the internet. Yes. Which you're pretty right about. Yeah. But is that because you have so many different names? It was because I started my career with a different name. And then my acting and singing career was in a completely different name than the first name. Oh, good. Let's get all into that. We don't have to. And you sent me a completely different picture of who we were interviewing this morning. So 
was it? Did no, you... that's a guess we're having in January. Okay, that's why it says book this person for January. Oh, I didn't read that. And the person's name is Anna. So I was like, oh, all right, Anna's on her way. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm completely spun. Well, it's a good thing you don't do any prep for any of these interviews. Yeah, is this the one time you did? I just looked at the picture. Oh, the name. okay. I, they don't look so guys. I'm, I'm white here. women. I'm right. here. We're yeah, white women are really important to interview. I would say if you're going to use any of that, just if you are looking for feedback, I would cut the majority of that story out. Which part? Every part. I mean, it, that was a two-minute story that was five minutes long. So if you're looking for feedback on your podcast, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say start with an editor because that was real shitty. All right, Jenna, let's start with <laughs> you. You. you, you I First like of all, how, yeah, she's welcome. Thank you, you for be, being I, here, which would then be a natural point to edit and start right here. But this is about seven and a half minutes in. Um, so, Jenna, you writer. Yes. Yes. Actress. No. Female actor. You have acted in some things. Sure. News. You, you, weren't you a news reporter on a show, on an episode <laughs> of a show? CSI, CSI Miami. CSI Miami. I've, I've done some acting. I've dabbled in acting. Okay. Sure. Singing. Yes. Um, what type of singing? What's the genre? I was an opera singer. I grew up Ooh. as an opera singer. See, there, there was. Oh. Normally, you wouldn't find opera There's sexy, but. There's nothing sexier than opera. Yeah, we'll skip through the nothing opera Nothing sexier part. than opera. Except the wind control. Barber of Seville? No. The, the Were you in? No, I was not in the Barber of Seville. Okay. No. I started out as a singer. Madam Butterfly? I never sang Madam Butterfly. No. Um, again. But. <laughs> I love how uncomfortable you I seem. Just, this is not. You have your jacket and your purse on. Yes. So you're always in a mode of, if I need to make a quick exit, I am, I'm ready. It's not even that. Do you need you a, know, should we hire a masseuse to come in? No. Do you like massages? I do not like massages. They're uh, a waste of time. What makes you comfortable? Not being recorded. <laughs> uh <laughs> I am a liability. Everything that comes. You're out afraid of, my mouth of what you're going to say. I am very afraid of. Well, we'll what see comes how that works out. So you, you grew, so you grew up here in Southern California. <laughs> I grew up in Los Angeles. I was, yes, I was born in Palos Verdes. We moved up to LA when I was five years old. And so, a uh, Greek family. Big, giant Greek family. LA family. My grandparents uh, were born in the United States. And my great-grandparents immigrated over, and they were farmers in Manhattan Beach. What were they farming? Uh, flowers, asters. Feta and cucumbers. Yeah, you can farm feta. Yeah, there's, there's Manhattan Beach feta. is. It's the finest. So now we know why. What was it like growing up in a <laughs> big family? Like, did you, the singing stuff, I mean, yeah. did that come about early on as a kid? Yeah. It was a... <laughs> God. All right, here we go. Here's my. Let's relive the traumas. Let's so, <laughs> my story was I was born. Um, <laughs> I had a sister who. Is that an earthquake? Okay, what, so here's the thing in Derek's house, what is this? which is why I like recording in the other spaces. Post it, and beam. Uh, houses make that noise. Yeah, it sounds always like somebody's on the roof. Not helping with the anxiety, is Not it? Not at all. Does information make you feel safe? No. Nope. So she's okay. Absolutely not. So she's fucked. Okay. So. Okay. Let's I grew get up back. In a very large <laughs> Greek family. <laughs> Everybody was funnier than the next. I, uh, 
I, when I was three years old, I had a sister who was born severely sick and, um, we, I think that's why we're all funny or we find ourselves funny as a way to deal with what she was going through. Yeah. Yeah. We're also from an Island in Greece called Kefalonia and it's, um, the patron saint was the patron saint of the insane. And I think it really describes my That makes so much sense right now to me. It does. Yeah. From the time I was little, we were, I was raised on TV. We were watching completely inappropriate things. What kind of things? I mean, I was watching SNL at five. I would wake myself up to watch it. Um, And, you know, I grew up on Three's Company and all the great sitcoms. Yeah. Nonstop TV watching, always comedy. Any soap operas? Uh, Yeah, of course. Days, One Life to Live in General Hospital. I mean, I didn't attend my senior year of high school. Um, so I could make sure I was watching my soaps. Um, I was named after a soap opera star, Derek Austin from General Hospital. My mom was so obsessed that I she... I was named after Jenna Wade from Dallas. We're in good I company. I mean, kind of. My name's Eugenia, but... I was named uh, after Ernie from Sesame Street. Hmm. My parents were extremely immature. Are you Ernie? Are you... Eric. Er- His real name's Ernie. Is your real name Ern- Ernest? No. I don't see. I don't get that. What was the What's the name of this podcast? <laughs> what is it? Quickly, dear God, am I funny? And the answer, answer is, is no. There okay. you go. Thanks, Jenna. Um, <laughs> this is why I like having Jenna mm-hmm. as part of my life. I, I, I would edit. She's that. already if we were working on the editing of this podcast. That she would may, be one I'd edit out. She may be our best guest yet. Okay, that's sad, pathetic. Yeah. Anyway, we moved up to LA, and. I discovered I could sing because I was uh, at Campbell Hall. Mm. I was a kindergartner. We were in chapel. And I wanted the kid next to me to like me. And I realized Who was the kid next to you? I'm not going to mention Do we still know who this person is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He lives about a block away from here. His family does. Is his name Eugene? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Jim. He didn't go there. So I would sing really loudly. And discovered I had a, a voice and I was, and I wanted to use it, wanted to use it, but only to get voice. voice. <laughs> did your parents recognize that you had a voice yeah. and did I they want a, you to do stuff with us? Sort of with us. What'd you say? With this, like, with this. you know, I um, mean, there's performing at school, <laughs> but did they say, Oh, you know, maybe yeah. there's something here. I think so. I mean, I didn't start taking voice lessons until I was in seventh grade when the choir teacher at Marlboro was like, you got to get her voice lessons. But it was always something I enjoyed doing. I mean, my parents had the album to Les Miserables and I was, you know, I thought I was hot (laughs) stuff and I would perform (laughs) it for them nonstop. And I pursued that, like that was, that was acceptable to them. So it was like musical theater. It wasn't, it was opera is what I was really studying. I was only training to do opera. And I never did musical theater until much later. That's the electrician. Oh, hey. There we go. Hopefully he can come and talk about his career. Is today Thursday? Oh, yeah. Oh, good. So the pool guy will come by at some point, too, and you know make loud noises. All professional. Yeah. Anyway, that's my story. <laughs> I started doing that, and then I really got involved in opera when I was in like ninth grade, and I would go away for the summer to do it, and I'd study at... So wh- San Francisco Opera. And, and what was the goal? Was it to be, the goal you were going to be a performer? I guess I was going to be an opera singer. My, 
I would sing for like dignitaries, like the president of Greece came to town and they brought me to the to city hall. The problem was, and this is so what wait, I didn't when, when like the about president it. of Greece mm -hmm. comes to LA, yeah, they bring me. Out. How do they? How do they? Yeah, the Greek dignitaries in LA know you're the one. Because the Greek community is very small. And they're like, we know the one girl here that can yeah, sing. Yeah, I saturated the community. I mean, I was like, the you know, the wedding singer and the funeral singer. And mm. That was what I was... When you were a teenager? Yeah. I Yes. How many funerals were you... Lots. You know, you have, when you're Greek, you have a funeral. I just, I had a funeral yesterday. You have a funeral a week, usually. Yeah. And you have to, like, you know... Is it a wedding as, bodies. as well? Like a wedding a week and a funeral yeah. week? We, it's yeah. a very social... It's a big life cycle heavy culture. It's a, it's a social group. Volatile. Like and you're the one that has to sing it I would all. saturate the community with my voice. I hated it. And I would do it. And because it's opera and it's not like musical theater, it was specifically opera, people feel very comfortable telling me, much like I... <laughs> tell you people feel very comfortable telling you what you're doing wrong so it was i remember when i sang for the president of greece he came up to me and he said he's okay <laughs> and that was the compliment and that was or like i remember once i was practicing at the piano and my mom came around the corner and she goes she's like "Ooh, you're not gonna do it like that are you and that was sort of the that was my so, operatic career. Not a lot of opera. Oh. It's, it's, what is this? This is insane. But what? Where am I? What this is, is this? <laughs> this is not acceptable. This is. Are we looking for feedback again? I'd love to. <laughs> do you want? Well, I was gonna. No, the, another and rat. And here's the thing. Oh. That dog. Oh my goodness. Who shaved this dog? This is dog I, th abuse. I think God did. No. Look at its a, tongue. That's not normal, is it? Yeah, I think that's just how no, it grows. No, 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 no. No, no, no. It's got... No, no, thank you. No, thank you. No, go outside. Oh, this is very... I'm going to go ahead and check my um, emails. Let me know when you guys are ready. Okay. <laughs> what? I don't know what we is this? It all. We want Oh, this is the part of the podcast where you can't hear what he's saying again. Oh, so anyway, all right. Anyway, I was going to say so. Not where? a lot of Greek opera singers, but a lot of Greek opera critics. Many in the community. In the community specifically, there was one other one who uh, continued the career. Anyway, whatever. When I, does it stop? When do you stop being? Singing? Yeah, to or be just in the in the life cycle events. When do they stop asking you to do these they things? They never stopped. I stopped. I chose to remove myself from it. So I went to USC for opera and um, I hated it. And I realized that I really want, and I had always, from the time I was little, I would do my Saturday Night Live opening sketch in the mirror. And so was this a private dream? Private dream that I, that, I, that's all I wanted to do was comedy. And instead I was doing opera and I really hated it and I hated the judgment and um, I hated how much I had to study because you have to learn languages and I'm really lazy, like the laziest person you've ever met. The reason I'm wearing my purse and my jacket isn't because I want to leave, which I also want to leave, <laughs> but it's because I'm so lazy. I just don't want to take it off. Um, 
So I went to see, I did a year in the opera department. I what studied. What's the social life for the oh, I didn't, students in the opera department? I didn't hang department. out with any of those freaks. What were they doing? I didn't hang out with any of those people. I had a totally normal USC life, but then I decided to leave. I, at the, so in high school also I was doing musical theater, which I really loved, and uh, at the Loyola High School because I went to an all-girls school, so I had to... Um, I had to go to a boys' school to do theater. And I told my parents, I don't want to do opera anymore. I want to take a year off and figure out what I want to do. And they were wonderful. And then I joined the Groundlings, and I really loved that. So were they, were they supportive of this decision? Because the reaction is, it's fine because you were only decent <laughs> at opera anyway? No. No. That wasn't it at okay. all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> No, they. I think they were disappointed. I mean, having a pursuing opera is uh, expensive. It's not. Uh, and, and the Growlings is a lot cheaper for them to support. Yeah, I don't know. They just wanted me to do something. Did you I get any boys? Get Say again. Did you get any boys through the singing? Are we asking if I had homosexual boyfriends throughout my life? The answer is yes. <laughs> yes, I had so you, many. So, you so there were was doing no straight a service to the community. Of helping a lot of young men figure out their identity. I think they had already figured it out. I was a wonderful beard. I would start, I was a very good Greek girl. So anytime anybody would ask me out, I would say, I'm not going to have sex with you. And they'd be like, no problem, you're perfect. <laughs> I had a lot of uh, homosexual male suitors. Mm. Um, so yeah, so there were for sure boys. But I left, and then I returned a year later to USC, and I did theater, and I did uh, writing there, and I really loved it. And then after SC, I moved to New York, and um, I went on one audition in New York City. It was for Rent, and they were they were like just pushing people through Rent uh, because. It was a new way of singing, which was just screaming on Broadway, and everybody <laughs> was losing their voice, so they had to bring people in. And I went in, and I auditioned, and I did really well, and they brought me back, and then they brought me back again, and I was like, oh, look, it's easy. Because everything had sort of come yeah. pretty easy to me, which is a horrible thing to say, but it, it really did. Like, if I auditioned for something at USC, I got it. And it got to the point like where my senior year... But you were doing the work in the funeral homes. and Yeah, I was for sure doing the work. But like senior year, they were like, what show should we do? And I'd be like, oh, we should do this. And then they would do it. Like I, Ooh, it, it was yeah. before USC was good. And, uh, and they rejected me from this audition in New York City. They said... After going through all after these... After going through all of it. And I was like, oh, of course I'm going to be on Broadway after my first audition. Of course. Because I'm a bit of a narcissist. Mm. And... I obviously did not get that uh, job, and I went home and I said so, I will never audition again. So they completely deters you. Why well, don't pursue rejection? Yeah, <laughs> well, at all. Well. I'm moving to New York. I'm going to be on Broadway. Yeah. Here I am moving through yeah. all these auditions. Oh, I didn't get the role. See you in New York. Yeah. I'm back in Los Angeles. Well, no, I didn't go back to L.A. I <laughs> stayed in New York. I just simply said I will never do it again. And I So what did you do in New York? The I rest wrote of a time? show that night. I literally wrote a show that night. and we Fuck them. Up. I'm just going to write my own yeah. show. And I started, and that's sort of how my wow. career started. And from there, that show, 
I mean, there's a lot of things. Did you put that show on? I put that show up. And I... Uh, what was the theater like? That it, it was a beautiful theater. It yeah. was the Dominion Theater. It was across the street from Joe's Pub. It was... Um, so I put the show up with my friend, Kyle Barisic, who's an amazing Broadway actor. And it's called... It was called Trent and Trudy Lee, A Touch of Vegas. And we put it up, and we got this really odd little cult following. And um, Kelly Ripa came and saw it. And Love she, Kelly Ripa. She's mm. wonderful. She's the best. And she went on Regis and Kelly. <laughs> she, that's sexy. Mm-mm-mm, Kelly. God, Kelly. <laughs> she talked about it on Regis and Kelly the next day. Ooh. And we were like sold out for a year after that. And we, it was it was amazing. And then when her show. Are you just like, fuck you. Casting directors from Rent, look no, at this. Not at all. Look it was, what I'm doing. No, I don't. I'm not vindictive. You don't. I just you don't, don't take, take rejection, rejection well, but you don't want to rub success in anybody's face. I, I'm success the least, is the best revenge. The least successful human being you've ever interviewed. How oh. many people have you interviewed? I, I actually had an episode where <laughs> had an episode where it was just me and Derek. So, so the second least second least successful. successful. <laughs> <Hey>, oh. <laughs> oh. Oh yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah, see, that stays in. It's cute. Yeah. So, so we, it sells out for a year. So we do the show. It's great. And when Kelly's show, Hope and Faith, when they were looking for new writers, um, she told them that she wanted me to write for the show. And she got me my first writing gig. And I've never been, I'd never been on the sitcom. I didn't know anything about it. Um, but she, how old are you when you get brought this? Me in. I don't know. I did that show for years and years and years. So I think I was, I was in my twenties when I did my first sitcom. Now what I didn't during this time, like I'm married, I've done shows in San Diego. Like a lot of stuff is, this happened. is the first husband. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and how old are you when you meet him? Was he listening to your voice? Did uh, you, what, did, is that what attracted what did him? It for him? I don't know. I was 18 years old when I met him. Okay. And um, we can leave it at that because I, I don't know what to even say about it. He was the first. The first what? Husband. Um, he was my first husband. Yes. So. so <laughs> he was my first Which is saying there's more than one, was so he, we'll just leave Wait, him. hold on a second. Mm. Was he your first husband? He was. He was. He was the first. Was the he the first. first man that proposed marriage to me? No. 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 Not at all. We no. all know that. Not at all. <laughs> <Ooh>. um, <laughs> was it a gay man who first proposed? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then it turns out my first husband was uh, the opposite of gay. Mm. So. Yeah. Yeah. He like a balance. You, gotta, you had to find you gotta, the middle ground I somewhere. Find Zach. I had to find Zach. Your current husband. husband is the middle ground. I remember being a young man being like, oh, shit, I can't go full testosterone. I need yeah. a little bit of gay to attract a woman in I this think, new modern era. Can I be honest with you? Please. Yes, and. Yes, and. Your sweater is telling that story. Exactly. Right now, it is saying, I'm a man who can wear a dusty pink. And it's exactly. From? It's, Hermes. Mm. See, you got to get it in there. Wow. Really? Yeah, so maybe I am the least successful of all your Hermes. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't know he was wearing Hermes. 
Nor you're you're not supposed to tell anybody. It's just you know the brands of what you're but wearing. You just did. So Only because no one asked. It was the context. no one asked. Yeah, but no one asked. Your no. eyes did. No. No. Um, <laughs> no. You know what I thought it was? Like a vintage J. Crew. Yeah, I'm wearing J. Crew. <laughs> it's vintage. So Air now Mace. who's the least successful here? No. I so, also am wearing J. Crew. Oh really? This is most unsettling. Your home. Most unsettling. Yeah. It feels like an earthquake every single time that happens. When we first bought the house, my wife came here and there was no power so that she could show a friend. Mm. And I got a blood-curdling phone call from my wife that somebody was going to try and kill her. And I, they thought somebody I was let her roof. speak for a while and get it out of her system. And I was like, Wait. it's Post and Beam. Okay, so, so you all knew that post because and beam when my wife calls this. and says somebody's trying to murder me, I don't let her speak for a while. I would probably spring into action. Right? Oh, I see what you're saying. Yes. I let all the fear out so that I don't have to deal with it again. It's For my wife, it, it, it spikes the fear and yeah. fills up. and then. Yeah, what I'm hearing is that Eric doesn't wear a pink sweater and is all man. Yes. And you are wearing a pink sweater. You That's all I'm that, hearing. You found the happy medium. So you're anyway. writing Hope and Faith. Yes, so I'm writing on <laughs> Hope and Faith, and I... Um, Look, there's a lot to this story that I can't talk about. <laughs> on hope and faith? Just about my comedy journey. There's a lot that I will not be sharing with you. But <laughs> here's the gist of it, okay? <laughs> I'm riding on hope and faith. I meet some really lovely human beings, including my, uh, my first bosses who are still dear friends. Well, one is. The other one has passed. And um, the show ends. I come How back to LA. How many seasons do you write? Well, I write on one. So what they did was they got rid of the, I can't say, they did change showrunners. And when they changed showrunners, they brought in new writers. Right. Um, it was, I didn't know anything about writing. All I knew was that I got this job and they said, okay, it starts on this day. And I said to them, oh, I'm sorry, I'll be in Fiji that week. I'll, can I start two weeks later? And I was a staff writer, like bottom of the barrel. You're really not <laughs> supposed to say that. And they were like, I guess. And they kind of had to say it because Kelly had brought me in. And they didn't know if I could oh, write so or not because I never hate written you? a script. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was not. So here's the staff writer yeah. who's done nothing. Nothing. She's going to go to Fiji yeah. when we need her in yeah. here. But because Kelly Ripa. Yeah, they had to hire yeah, me. Yeah. It was bad. And they, and because I was a staff writer, um, because I was a staff writer, they, you're not, you don't get a script until like the very end and they don't really have to give you a script at all. So they all thought I was an idiot until I turned in my script and I can, you know, whatever I can write. It's not that, it's not that deep. But was it, <laughs> but did you have to win people over? I won them over once with, I wrote. Once you wrote a script. Yeah. But that's because they, but were they negative towards you? They were negative behind my Kelly's back. Because you were Kelly's girl? So what I found out later was um, that every time I would say something or pitch, they would, behind my back, put their fingers up and like start shooting. And they said I just came in guns blazing. I mean, I knew nothing. Yeah. My ex-husband had suggested I read a book about the writer's room, and I said, that's okay. Because, again, I'm super lazy, so I'm not going to yeah, do you're not anything more than the minimum. Um, but anyway, that was in New York. It was great. Uh, the show ended we were finding out whether or not we were going to get picked up for another season and then the writer strike happened and when the writer strike happened um 
I decided just to get pregnant. And then yeah, as one does. It's a great time. Yeah. And then I didn't work again until I was 40 years old because I was raising my kids. So you have, at this point, you have two kids. So now I have Well, two. now you have three, but at the time right now that you take that break, you're yeah. still with the first husband. Yeah. You have two kids. Yeah. And I make what some pushes babies. you to finally go back? So, like during that whole period of time when you're raising your kids, yeah. you know, are you still doing your opening sketch in the mirror for SNL? Yeah, for sure. And um, and I never even took that leap. I never even auditioned for. So what happened was I married a director who was pretty successful. What did he direct? Just some things. And Great. He loved was that. Really successful, <laughs> and he told me that. And I was, you know, when you're an actor or a writer, whatever you are, and you are around people that could give you a job, mm-hmm. um, you can't mention that you're an actor or writer, and they're never going to give you that job. So right. you're never going to get discovered by your friends right. or whatever it is. And so that dream just slowly dies. And what he had told me was, oof, I hate actors, <laughs> whatever he had said. I don't know what he said. Maybe he didn't say that. That's not a nice thing to say. He but it's very director. common to hear when you're out here. Like, he didn't want me yeah. acting. And he certainly didn't want me, he did not want me acting. Yeah. And he, uh, and we traveled, he would do shows in, in Europe and we'd move to Europe for a couple of years. I mean, there was a lot going on. And so that part of my life, the acting part died. That, that dies that out. That dies. And the writing became my thing. And I was lucky, like I, I, during the Hope and Faith years, I had sold a pilot, which was great. And um, What was the pilot? It was called I Hate Pink. And mm. it was, um, I had sold it to... <laughs> the wrong sweater to wear, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> Awful circle. I had uh, I sold it to Nickelodeon. and. Um, is this the time when, like, Victoria's Secret is mm. pushing pink everywhere and you watch it, you can't watch a football team without some pink... I think thing. they just do that for breast care na- cancer awareness. Like I know, baseball. but they, there was a huge pink They'll have like move. pink bats and what stuff. What year are we talking? Because there was a huge pink movement, and it was like everywhere you went, somebody was advertising You do know you're wearing pink, pink right now. I'm just wondering. Okay. What uh, you know what? To be honest with you, Derek, I don't know. <laughs> so, so not the pilots picked up by Nickelodeon. Not, so it doesn't get picked oh, it up. Oh, doesn't get picked up. It doesn't up. get picked up. They buy it from me. <laughs> Listen, the, as a... As I'm sure you all know, but you can be a writer in Hollywood and never have anything that you write ever get made and still make a pretty decent living. Yeah. Um, which has sort of been the story of my life. Anyway, I became a writer. The acting. How much was do gone. they buy a pilot for that they don't make? It just depends on your level. Well, okay. Yeah. So, how much did they buy your pilot for? Back then? Yeah. Well, if they oh, didn't I buy it again know. in the future. I, I don't know what I've my heard quote 30, was back 000. then. My quote was like a nothing. I was a nobody. Yeah. The quote is like, I'll pay you. So are you just writing sporadically during this period when you're raising your kids, you're following your husband around the world while well, he's working? Sort of. Yeah. My my At the time, my youngest, my middle child had some, um, he had some difficulties with speech and stuff. So I was taking him to his OT and his PT and his, and I didn't have time really to do anything. And I was not in a great marriage. Um, Why not? I would say, yeah. 
I just wasn't in a great marriage. So that took up a lot of my time. It took up a lot of airspace. (laughs) Took up a lot of time. But are you also seeing people in your social circles who are having, whether it's success acting or writing, and you're looking at this and you know you're more talented? No, I'm not. No. You know, I was so the narcissism kind of where's that at at this point? The which your narcissism narcissism that you speak to. Listen, it's there, it's just dormant at this time, right? So, uh, to sleep, he, uh, how do I say this? So, um, let's see. So, he, uh, and I parted Parted ways. ways. I have two babies, Mm -hmm. um. And I'm spending most of my time taking my kids back and forth, whatever. And then I meet my uh, angel husband, Zach. Zach. And um, he does not want any more children. And I said, great. And I said, once I get my How'd you guys son, meet? We met at a Halloween party where he was dressed as a wild oh. thang. From, you know. Wild things. You know. And I was. From Major League? Yeah. And I was wearing my uh, great aunt's World War II nurse's uniform that went down to like my ankles. And everyone else was dressed like a whore. A whore, yeah. Everyone. And I didn't want to go to this party. I was sort of forced to go to it. And we met. And it was. So Zach being attracted to the World War II (laughs) nurse's uniform, was that's the happy medium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Right off the bat, you know. He loves a good contrast. Yeah. Well, he's um, he's an artist. He's a, a musician. So that was right. the... I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The point is I meet him. <laughs> it's great. Whatever. We get married. He falls in love. How could he not? And you st- but, uh, so you've been divorced. Yes. Did you start working again? Did you so start no. writing? So I told him, I said, I want you to know that I will go... I have to go back to work, but I have to get my my little one into school first because truly every day is therapy, right. nonstop it's therapies. The and I didn't think it was fair to send him by himself. Um, and Zach goes great. And he said he didn't want kids. And I said, great. Me neither, but too late. And uh, then I remember I had an idea for a pilot and I, we went to dinner and I said, I'm, what was the idea? It was, um, Again, something I probably can't talk about. Why? Why can't you talk <laughs> about it? Because I'm in a, such a good place with my ex-husband currently. Oh. And I so the pilot was based on your relationship with your ex-husband. It was based on my relationship with his now ex-wife. Oh. Who okay. he had sort of... Had activity with. Yeah, There's always going to be some he, stories. Left, yeah. What um, was the show called? Um... Oh, God, what was it called? It was called... That fucking bitch. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was called... Hold on. The New Adventures of Old Christine. No. No. It was not. That's a great show. Great show. It was great. Um, I don't remember. It'll come to me. I'm a little nervous discussing it it because, again, I'm in such a lovely place with him currently. We we can make uh, only people with a password listen to this. I would be down with I that. I think that would really frustrate our handful of listeners. <laughs> I was going to say that one listener, yeah. that guy that listens that to it. Guy. Oh, yeah. 
Anyway, whatever. Zach says to me at dinner, he goes, I have to tell you something. I want more kids. And I said, oh. Where did that come from? Just he was so in love with me. He wanted to see what you guys can do together. (laughs) (laughs) He wanted to seed me. I really liked you in the Uh, nurse's uniform, but after getting married, I I have to impregnate you. I think he fell in love with my kids so much. Yeah. You know, and the fact. So you thought these kids are great. What would Mine one look like if it had me in it? Yeah. Yeah. So I said, great, but then it's going to be raised by somebody else. And that's <laughs> what happened. So then I uh, I wrote the show. I was really lucky. I sold it It didn't to... throw you off. What? Or was it comforting? He wears a lot of polo shirts. My husband. Yes. What part? It threw me off that he was... I mean, he sleeps in polo shirts. No, he doesn't. You don't find that? He doesn't sleep in polo shirts. He doesn't. Listen, that's a dream. I like a a real... He's clean cut. Yeah, that's what I like. He's clean cut. So you were excited to have a kid with him? No, I was like, all right, I'll have a kid. I mean, look, I'm Greek at the end of the day. You're man... Tells you what to do. Yeah, yeah. It's the man. And your job is to Mm -hmm. reproduce. I'm teasing. Right? I'm teasing, by the way. Yeah. I'm not... Okay. But there's truth in there somewhere. There is truth. I'm what my friends call an old-fashioned feminist. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of like my woman. She likes that. She likes you to be the man in it, your pink it sweater? Dif- it differs. I have to be able to flow. I got to go back and forth. I got to be Me too. sensitive, listening, Me too. and then the next minute be like, bitch, this is what you're doing. Ooh. And she, But that's what she likes. She you likes know it when what? you call her bitch? Yeah, she told me that. She was like, she liked that. B. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Well, let me tell you. She doesn't like anybody else doing it. Yeah. But no, just you. it didn't go over But well I don't know if I that's growing that. up with Too Short and hip hop and our air. Like, there's some kind of comedy in it. My Did sister's a big fan of it. Did you grow up with Too Short? Oh, Who's fuck yeah. Short? What's Too Short? You, too Short's like the most hardcore rapper out of Oakland. Too Short. Yeah, he Is was he a, short? Yes, he was a short rapper. Yeah. But he. Yeah. Cute. <laughs> like a pocket rapper. a very clever name. He was like a. What do they call it? A, what, uh, what's a the first pup? Like His opening pup. line is like, uh, uh, "Hey, do you want to fuck?" Whoa! And then he goes, "Oh, you don't want me to talk to you that way? You'd like to make love, love." That's his opening. So that's line. what you and me and Annie your... connected on that song. I grew up with that. I got that tape oh when I was God, seven. You guys need a lot of therapy. Anyway, so so yes, but this isn't kid. about my me. This a isn't polo. about me. I mean, my husband enjoys a polo. I don't know what to. He's you. clean cut. He's clean cut. I thought there would be something there to connect with, but you tried. Is he German? No. No. Where's it? Is What's he? His Maybe we don't know what he is. He's from Simi Valley. He is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, beautiful. Be- He's a culture. white male. He's a He's white. He's a white man. He's a white man. I've he, met him. He He's a the definition man. of a white male. I did. I did meet him too. His, you know, he was just. He's doing. He's working on a show right now, and the director had to tell HBO. No, he goes. He's a. Uh, oh, it doesn't matter. Move. Cut that out. What? But <laughs> cut, cut it out. Just does he out. wink? Yeah, does he wear pink polos? Uh, no, he would no. if I asked him to. I suppose. Okay. But I hate pink. Um. Anyway, whatever. I sold that show to NBC, <laughs> and then what I, show? The show that, that about your ex ex's yeah. current yeah bride. What the hell was that show TFB, called? That I can't fucking remember what bitch. it was, but I think it had a really clever name. So they buy it, but they don't make it. They buy. That is the story of my yeah. career. And I'm like, so then what happens is uh, my friends from Hope and Faith, they're like, hey, come and write on our show. We, were, we have like seven more episodes. Come and you can get. What show is this? 
It was a Nickelodeon show called The Thundermans. And, oh, uh, yes. Oh. They said, now come we're and be in the room with don't us. Don't gloss over the Well, I hadn't been in a room in like 10 years. And they said, come and you like, you know, come and feel it again. And when you get into the room. It was great. The Thundermans. It was great. We had so much fun. Is it guns a-blazing? No. At that point, <laughs> I had sort of proven myself. I had sold a couple She'd pilots and I was a She'd holstered her pistols. Right. It was pistols. fine. But it was. Um, and so what's it like working so you worked on Hope and Faith, a sitcom, which I think it was on ABC, right? Hope and Faith was ABC. ABC. And uh, don't you love how my autism works, that I know that? We, you know what? Um, First of all, you can't diagnose yourself with autism. I, I took several online tests. No, that's not. And there is a huge online community of people with autism. Not online community. A huge community. <laughs> of be- oh, they are only online. They're only online. And Get it em, is uh, yeah. offensive, and you have to be careful because you have a Get microphone, em. which is uh, powerful. powerful. Get them. So careful. Thank you. You're the first person to call this microphone powerful. It is powerful. Anyway, don't worry about my diagnosis. But um, self-diagnosis. So, <laughs> and my wife. She's an interior designer. She knows. Um, so. <laughs> Ooh, I'm freezing. Keep going. <laughs> Let me turn the heat on. That would be lovely. So she, uh, are you going to turn the heat on? So that's going to be another noise that pops on. No, not in here. We, uh, we're All right. What, what do you have? I'm going to have to use the restroom about one second. So you're. I have very small bladder. So you're <laughs> on the. Let, that, let it. We can let keep the talking. Show. <laughs> we can keep talking. So if you'd like. When you're yeah. doing a sitcom. Yes. Like that's the Thundermans on Nickelodeon. Yeah. Which is our daughter's favorite show. Yeah, yeah my daughter watches it all the time. Show. And so, you know, when you're writing really where the humor is directed at kids, yeah. do you find that to be so much different than no. when you're writing jokes for adults? No, because it's just 80s sitcom humor uh, without Is that the what sex. the That's updated Nickelodeon shows really are? Yeah, sitcom is sitcom. It's like there's a rhythm to it. It's really simple. Uh, to do it doesn't are there any <laughs> rules when writing for the thundermans because of things like uh you know on marvel yeah you know no I on don't the mcu like yeah uh you know there's rules when people are writing and directing because it's got to connect to these other entities is you know the thundermans being about superheroes yeah and there's some interconnection i don't know were there any rules you have no idea if they listen i got to that <laughs> there had been like four seasons and they sent me all of the episodes and i was like oh i'm cool i'm i don't need you, to, did you watch a single need, one I, I don't need to read one not a single one but you know that theme song by heart yeah yeah for sure not a single one but that's because i was lazy and then i would go in and i'd be like hey what if we did an episode like this and they were <laughs> like oh you haven't seen the show that was season two <laughs> That was season we two. Did that was season three. Um, yeah. So I did that for a while, and it was supposed to be seven episodes, just for, but it ended up the way Nickelodeon works is um, I think I can safely say I'll never work for Nickelodeon again. They, uh, <laughs> they will say seven episodes, but then it turns into 30 episodes, and they're like, and that's one season. So they work you. It, it's very different. Their rules and their union rules are very different. So Do you I, make good money doing a show for Nickelodeon? I mean, you can. I mean, you... Sure. No, no. Did you make good money? Sure. During the time, I had also sold them a pilot. So, like, I was... Another pilot. Another pilot. So, you so really saw them pilots left and right. That is how I... Does it ever get frustrating <laughs> that none of them get made? I had... I've sold Nickelodeon three pilots... One of which we did make. So which one? Bro- uh, I don't want to discuss it. It, what? Doesn't, it doesn't even matter. Why? It ma- because it was not. Uh, it ended up not being a great experience. Anyway. But what was the show? I don't remember. How's you that? You do. You I do. I don't remember. remember. You remember the show. But during that, I, find I it got. While we're... 
a show called Young Sheldon. So I had written, I had written a spec script that I, um, and then I, and somebody got that to the Chuck Lorre camp, and then they hired me to come write on Young Sheldon. How many episodes of Young Sheldon do you do? I don't remember the first season, but it was I was the only woman. This, so this is somehow like before Me Too and before my writers' room experience was before everything changed. Yeah. So it was totally acceptable for me to be in a room of all white men with the exception of uh, Steve Joe, who's a wonderful, wonderful writer, and he happens to be Chinese. Um, but it was, I was a diverse hire as a woman, and he was a diverse hire, and that was it. That's it. Um, and that was a really interesting experience, and I'll leave it at that. And uh, and then I went and have just been, you know, selling pilots. What do you it's sort of what I do. <laughs> it's like I sell pilots but that don't get it, made. So <laughs> do you ever watch anything that mm. when you see that it gets made, you're like, oh, my God, what I wrote was so much better than this garbage they put on? I mean, no. Y sure. But, like, yeah, I guess. Or no, I mean... I mean, not really. There's things that are really bad, but... Well, it's hard. It's a, such an oversaturated market. It's so of oversaturated. And, you know, even we were talking to, um, you know, uh, Brian Thomas Smith, who was on uh, the show United States of Al mm -hmm. on CBS, which uh, was on for two seasons. And the show was on, on 8.30 on CBS at yeah. 8.30 on a Thursday night. And like 20 years ago, that that's was the it. biggest show was on Cosby. television. Was and now, I mean, nobody, I, I say, oh, we're interviewing this guy. He's on this show. They're like, what show is that? So, I mean, there's so much out there and the landscape is so different. Is it just like, I don't, I'm just going to write stuff and whatever, as long as they buy it off of me. I don't care if it's made. It doesn't really matter. Um. Yes, Be like for me, yeah. Because like I even just wanna... if it's sold and then gets made, I guess my point being is that like, is anybody seeing it? Like, what's it going on? Is are they sticking it on Freeform or some other you know streaming service or channel? There's a business to pilots. Again, I've been really lucky. I've uh, I've been really really lucky because my whole career has been <laughs> has has been selling pilots that don't get made. And, um, and, but there's no guarantees, you're right. So my, one of my best friends is this brilliant writer and her name is Liz Astroff. She had a show uh, last year on Fox called Pivoting. Pivoting yeah. was a remarkable show. She's got the, she's, Liz is unbelievable. And the show had 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. It was a fan favorite. People absolutely loved this show and Fox, had a new mandate, and the mandate was like, we'll only spend a certain amount of money on shows, so we'll move you to Vancouver, and you can do the show, and you'll have another season, um, or the show's over. And because the actors uh, weren't willing to move to Vancouver, yeah. and they really thought that because the show was so successful that Fox would sort of bend, um, the show got canceled. So it doesn't matter, even if you have a good show, it's so fickle now. It's just yeah, different times. It's, it's not like it's the Golden Girls or... Right. Empty know, Nest. Empty Nest. Oh, man, <laughs> Empty Nest.
So what motivates you now as a creator? Money. Boom. Making money is okay. what motivates That's me. What's I have a lot of... Um, that's just not true. That's not true. <laughs> That's not true. No, what motivates me is it's my job. Mm. And I have to, you know, be busy. If I don't write the crazy down, I make crazy for others. Oh. Um, yeah. So I have to do that. I have a lot of stories to tell. I don't want to. I'm the worst client for my agents because, like, I don't want to staff up. I don't want to be on somebody else's show because I'm, I'm, um, because you've done the writer room thing, and it's well, not the same are, outlet for it, you. For me, it's not. Yeah. But um, I don't love going into a room where somebody else is in control of my hours. Um, and somebody else... Like, when you're... Okay, so sitcoms are very specific. You, you write a script. You bring it into the room. Everybody gives you their opinions on um, the jokes or the this or the that, and then you sit there and you keep beating it out until you get something that basically is the exact same, but now it's different. So right. it's not a thousand times funnier, and it's not a thousand times better. It's just a thousand times different. And then you go and you put it up on its feet, and then you change the jokes. while it, And it's just not, to me, it's not a, an incredibly productive way of writing. And I don't necessarily enjoy being in a room like that. Um, a lot of people don't like their families and they don't want to go home and oh. they just want to drag the process. Want to drag the process. So do you out. ever now sit in this landscape and dream about like a Mike White situation? Oh God. Dream. But right? I'm, he just I'm sits in a room by himself my... and he's like, you know, fuck it. I, I I'm writing. No, sure, that's, and that's the it. dream for not all only, narcissists. Yeah, sure. not only that, he sets it in different luxury hotels around the world so he gets to travel. Well, yeah. I have to be. How's this going, Eric? How do you feel well, I think halfway we through? Definitely cut some of these parts out. I don't think we're going to cut any of it. We got to well, go. I'm not in control. Of full any of it. authenticity. I was doing a little research by watching Theo Vaughn, which, uh, gang gang, he's a beautiful, beautiful comedian that's coming up, um, and he has a podcast that's incredible, and him and Mike Rowe were discussing authenticity and the medium of the podcast, allowing things to roll is very important because you get the truth of the individual, whether they want to share it or not, you will get it. And I think that's a good place to grow towards. Yeah. What do you think? I, I mean, look, I, I, I agree. I like, um, I like also, you know, uh, it doesn't always have to be buttoned up, right? You know, a production, a, a show. Uh, I mean, that's kind of. I think we're living in that era. I think we may go back to the editing in a way. But right now, I think people are looking for authenticity. And truth out there, I think, is very valuable. And uh, so, is there tr is there truth in your dogs going crazy because the electrician comes to the door? Yeah, I think, the I, think, I think there is a bit of that where people go, "Oh, I've got dogs." These people aren't these because I remember growing up in Indiana, uh, you would people people on in Hollywood always were like gods. And so, I think when you do bring in those elements of dogs and the heater not coming on. And the person going in the other room to pee, I think it brings uh, them into the conversation. It makes them feel comfortable, like they're a part of it. Sure. What is this podcast about? 
Well, I think it started for me when Eric was like, yeah, my wife doesn't think I'm funny. And I was like, oh, my God, my wife doesn't think I'm funny. And they were both, right? Yes. Uh, no, but <laughs> we've, I've had a journey with that because I've had a manager that didn't think I was funny, but I only booked comedic commercials. Mm. And I've always played with that phenomenon because I had a very traumatic upbringing, and that was the only place I could find love was through comedy. So I had a very... <laughs> Weird. He grew up in a used car lot in Indiana. His father is a Vietnam vet. I mean, it's a whole thing. Is this real? Yeah. yeah. So what is your traumatic? There was a lot of abuse in the, from emotional to physical. And then it was all hidden because my dad was powerful. So anytime that we wanted to communicate, it was like not believed. Was he an alcoholic? Yeah. And drugs and all of it. And your mom what? Watch soap operas. What and what, right, right, right. But is she? Are they still and what with did your us? Dad make no, you my watch dad uh, every year. Oh, Full Metal, Full Jacket. Metal Jacket. Yeah. Uh, my mom is alive. My dad died in two thousand nine. Okay. And uh, but he had he went to AA and gave it all up. Yeah. Uh, by the time I was twelve. Did he apologize? Yes, and everything ended up with a nice little bow on it at the end, but it. No, it didn't. For what it was like. The journey with him, I got the best bow that I could get. You're an actor. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's better than a used car salesman. <laughs> um, I'm so sorry to hear that. Thank you. That's awful. But I, I, I'm grateful for it in a lot of ways. Mm, and it's different. It could have been different, but the, car, the yeah. hand I was dealt, I ended up being able to play it. And look at yourself now. I have a house that makes a lot of crazy noises. Oh, but when you're in I, a room with us. As I was uh, reminding Derek earlier, when I first met him, first time I met him, he was wearing a skirt. Yeah. So. Um, that was, uh, fashion a, was a big deal uh, because my dad grew up in used cars, or in the car world where you had to wear a suit every day. Fashion was very important to him. And labels were important to yeah. him because he knew that you were going to get a quality suit as opposed to a cheap one. And so fashion was very big in our family because you could block or you could hide all the shit by looking good. Right. So I saw the power in that. Is that why you told me your pink sweater was Hermes? I think I told you that because I was, uh, I found it, I think I found it at a Goodwill. Oh, and did I you really? Like, Holy shit. You need to start with that. Yeah, that's you different. Guys had, that's different. Now I don't feel like you have all this power over me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, and my dad used to show me how to find good clothes at Goodwill, and when to go and why, and oh, well, around he, what environment. So, so he did more than abuse you. Yeah, I mean, what are you complaining you to about? That's why I said it. it, it <laughs> he showed you how to shop at a thrift oh, store. Lord. He was a beautiful person that just had some demons. That after therapy, you figure out how to process that. And when so you, you think therapy father, works? Uh, yeah. Yeah. For me, it does. Yeah. Because it's therapeutic. I haven't found that for me. Yeah. Have you tried therapy? You know, I started therapy for the first time in my life um, a year ago. And I just find myself just making shit up. Yeah. You know? Well, I've done you immediately I, I, told us that it's difficult for you to open up when you walked in this house. Yeah, but I do put on a sh I don't think people know that about me because I kind of put on a, a show. I think it was pretty apparent to me. Oh, thanks, Derek. Yeah. Derek. 
Um, I could tell from the moment I met you how damaged you are. Thank you, Eric. <laughs> thank you. I have a, a, a but a completely it, unrelated question to this topic. Yeah, let's be done. When my big fat Greek <laughs> wedding gets made, when it, yeah, I want to go back. Out. I mean, like growing up in this huge Greek I family. I was getting married. Were you my, I was like, planning how my the fuck did I not write this? No, it's so funny that you say that. So a couple things. Um, thing one, my parents were horribly offended by that movie. I mean, yeah, horrible. They make us look like villagers. Now, meanwhile, but my father at the time, it was 100% <laughs> accurate. We, it's 100% accurate. But my family it isn't is. that Greek because we are like third generation Greek Americans. Yeah. But yeah, it's 100% accurate. My dad at the time was using apple cider vinegar to fix everything. And we're watching this movie where he's using vin- uh, Windex. Windex. And my dad's like, that's asinine. Yeah, and then that's, he's that's like, he's like, you don't feel apple good. Cider have vinegar. apple cider vinegar. Um, but like when Zach watches it, he's like, oh God, it's your family. I mean, down to when they baptized the guy in the big pool. Yeah. That's what my husband did. Mm. And my mom was his godmother and had to put oil on his body. I mean, it's a hundred percent accurate. Nia Verdalis is, um, yeah. When I watched that, I was like. I mean, I grew up next to my, our next-door neighbors. They still live there next to my parents. Mm-hmm. They're Greek. And I think uh, uh, they, the parents immigrated here. And I would go over to, like, you know, walk with Sotiris to school every day. And I'd have to eat a second breakfast because she'd make me eat. And then they'd have these family gatherings that we would – my mom would be like, Vula told us we have to go over there. And I would dread it because they would, I was this very, very thin kid mm. and they would stuff me with food. And like, I watched that movie and I'm like, yeah, this is all 100% what I grew up next door to. How yeah. similar is uh, the Greek pride, like all of it? How, how similar are Greeks and Jews? No, Jews are nothing uh, like that. It's more similar to, so being my, my uh, birth father. Uh, is Italian, and there's way more similarities in the, the family Italian culture Greek. dynamics with the food and the uh, the pride and all of that with what I grew up with on the Italian side. You know, like my grandmother was a four foot nine racist Sicilian woman. I mean, oh, so that sounds more Greek to you? It sounds. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying there was the, <laughs> then your liberal like, Jewish side. Yeah, they were uh, they were only racist in the home. <laughs> yeah, the Jewish side. Uh, no, I'm. J- it, it just it, there were some way more similarities between um, the I think Italians the, and the Greeks. The Ita- like what I grew up with and the immigration um, experience that they had with my neighbors, it was very similar. There's definitely an immigrant mentality, no matter what generation you're growing up in. Mm. When you're Greek, it's um, it, America's very hopeful place. But you always want to go back. So I still am a citizen of Greece. Yeah. Um, and we have a home in Greece. Or my parents do. And um, they try to go back every year. You're definitely connected to your roots. America is not the be-all, end-all, but you do love it. And, I, and I think it's harder for Jewish, for in the Jewish religion and culture, to feel that connection because we were so scattered as a people. All right. I mean, come on. No, I'm just using <laughs> Just using. Yes, true story. But the... the. So when you see... I mean, but... Do you, yes. You had so ever wrote, been inspired to write... Sure. My Big Fat Greek Divorce? Yes. I, my first husband was Greek. I met him at Greek church camp. 
Um, his family is very when you were 18. Greek when I was 18 years old. Um, What's Greek church camp like? Uh, just magic. It's um, <laughs> <laughs> see that to me seems like a there, hotbed that, for the, yeah, there's uh, a show there. writing. Well, yeah, there is a show there. There's also a show that I'm working on right now. It's not a show. It's a nothing because again, I just write and nothing gets made. But um, I have a show called The Gap, which is really how I feel. Uh, I grew up. It's Greek American princess, ah. uh, and it's. I always felt like I was too Greek to be American and too American to be Greek. And I lived in this very strange gap mm-hmm. in Los Angeles. And that's something I'm working on right now because it's, it's, it's weird to be so closely connected to your culture, but living in a world where yeah. all your friends are not a part of that. I mean, it's very strange to have eaten a lamb's head before and have that be a normal part of your right, life. And you're socializing with your friends who don't know any of it. And you're like, wait a minute, you guys haven't eaten. You've a never lamb's eaten head? a lamb's eyeball. It's yeah. the best part. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's a very strange I way love to that. grow up in, in the United States of America. Yeah. But, I didn't even know that was a thing until right now. Yeah. I mean, like I didn't go to prom because it, was on Greek Easter. We have different Easter. We have different everything. Yeah. It's, we're just, we I try to be I thought you went strange. to watch soap operas. Say again? Did you say you missed your graduation for soap operas? No, or senior year. No, no, I missed my senior year. All of full oh, you're full. full. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for clearing yeah. that just up. Prom. Thank you. Oh, and I'm not teasing. I, I know. missed I, yeah. the first semester of my senior year. I was absent 27 days. Yeah. So it was and a I lot was of good stuff sick. happening on your stories. That season. It was major. Yeah, and also, major stuff. <laughs> it was some major stuff that happened. I didn't enjoy school. <laughs> I didn't. It's very ironic that I'm a writer because I, um, I don't think I ever read a book or, I mean, I graduated Marlboro with a 2.7 GPA, and that's with having one of my grades be an A plus, which was the music. Really brought up the... So, so imagine. <laughs> the just average. imagine. And it's so funny because my kids, I'm so mean to them about grades. I make them... Is it because you want them to be better than no. what you did? No. No, it's just arbitrary. I don't really care. <laughs> just it's <laughs> just, I think that's what I'm supposed to do. Or is it the narcissism creeping back No, in? you know why I say I'm a narcissist? Why? Because I once read that if you say you're one... You're not one. Oh, is that right? Do you know that? That's like crazy if you think so you're crazy, the, you're not crazy. So yeah. yeah, that's the one thing you've read. I mean, I probably saw it like on Daily Mail. <laughs> right. And like a, yeah. Just the. Flashed across an Instagram. Title. I won't go deeper than that. So what yeah. else are you working on right now? I'm wor- Oh, I've got some exciting things that won't ever be made that are <laughs> Exciting. I think that's your podcast. Things I've got, are... you know, with Kelly Ripa, actually, we're doing a show together that um, that's exciting that we're pitching out next. Next. Do you uh, ever get to hang out with Kelly? Yeah. And Mark? He, they're really, they're. Do you get invited to the Hamptons for those no parties with Andy no. Cohen? No. That's my whole dream. To go with it. Why? I just want to hang out at one of their their things gatherings no. they just seem like they're always she having is such pretty a magical fun time sarah jessica parker's there and matthew broderick I one of my so. favorite yeah, interviews that's all part of that group she ever did was with robin williams and you can it's on youtube who did what with robin williams kelly ripa and regis 
Yeah. Back in the day, like right when she started. R.I.P. Robin Williams. And Regis. Let's not leave Regis out. Oh, yeah. He's Reach. still alive. No, he's not. He passed away. <laughs> Reg passed away. So. Uh, I went to this. I can't remember the name now off the top of my head. Jessica, my wife, made reservations at this old school Italian restaurant in Manhattan. And we went. And it was one of the reasons it was famous was that that's where Regis ate. All the time. Oh, yeah. And we sat down and ate this food, and my only comment was, this place gave up after he died. Oh, it was the food not was terrible. Poor Regis. Did yeah. you write that on Yelp? No, I don't write anything. Okay. Um, anyway, so I'm doing so w- that with uh, Kelly, and that's exciting. What's that about? Mm, I'd rather not say. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because. Well, you got to contain the I creativity. i got to contain it. Yeah. I don't want it. What you am I going to say it so somebody can go do it? It's, you know. Maybe it'll get made that way. Mm, by somebody else, no doubt. Yeah. It will. That's what yeah. I'm <laughs> and then I have the exciting thing that I'm doing, the really exciting thing is I have, um, I have a show that we're going out with next year again won't be made but it's but um, you're going to shop it during pilot season well no you, you, is that a thing that you do na- I have pilot no idea. season isn't a thing anymore but um no, that's a bummer uh it's what's exciting about it is it's a story about my family business and um but also the neurodivergent community and we i just pitched it to uh the nba because the why? Because there's an element. I don't to understand it. that. You've said and a whole bunch of words know, that aren't connecting in my brain. I know. It's a show about softball. It's not. The NBA is that's a basketball. basketball. And there you go. <laughs> um, and they're gonna they're gonna that, produce neuro, it with me. Neurodivergent? Neurodivergent. That's probably what you are, not autistic. Well, uh, people who are autistic are also neurodivergent. It's the neurodivergent community is uh, anyone with so we we don't say disabilities anymore. Yeah, yeah. We don't we don't say a lot of things. Everybody has different. <laughs> this is I will be canceled. Tell me all this the time things we year. don't say anymore. There's a lot of things you don't say. Like, I, list I've them. said them all. List them. It's 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 amazing the things that 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 we have been saying in the past that you can't say. Like oh it, yeah, it's real difficult. I actually was looking up uh, recently things that you cannot say. And they're just things that I say every day. Oh. So that's not good. My my wife always uses the term, uh, you call a spade a spade. And I said, you know you can't use that term anymore. And she said, what are you talking about? And she and we were right with a group of people did not believe me. I said, look it up. And spade was a derogatory term towards African-Americans. Mm-hmm. And so. I thought it was the, the garden tool. What? A spade is what you dig up. Well, yeah. but so you can't use that term anymore. That term, so saying it back in the day was a racist term. And so, like, so, that's yeah. something that, you know, people just have in their, you know, everyday like, vernacular. Uh, the and master you bedroom. Take it out. Well, the master that, bedroom. Yeah, I mean, that's another one. A lot. I yeah. was on um, last year, I what was on a show on NBC called Keenan, yeah. which um, was. Interesting because the the majority of the room was it was a the majority of the room was black and they were these incredible and really incredible young writers and I realized really quickly a how old I was and b just how white I was um, with the things that would but you're always the diversity hire 
Yeah, I guess I was. Right? Yeah, I guess I was the diversity <laughs> hire there, too. So we brought in a senior white woman. A senior white woman. I was, was a, a 46-year-old white woman, yeah. Was it, it Keenan and Kel Keenan? Yes. And then we Kenan interviewed Vanessa Baden. Oh, yeah. Vanessa knows uh, Keenan really well. Yeah. yeah. So no, but yeah. this was yeah. Keenan, the sitcom Keenan. Yeah, but same guy. But based yeah. off of the yeah. Keenan. Yeah. I did yeah. a, I had a pilot that I wrote for, um, for Keenan Ivory Wayne's. And he and I, uh, he's the best. He's that was what happened. Interesting. Did, Did you something know happen between co- the two of you? Wait, co- yeah, we, co-writer of Ross. <laughs> Did you make love to Keenan Ivory Wayans? Yeah, we made love. No, he was. It was. Um, Do I need to take a second look at your youngest child? <laughs> Fun fact: co-writer of Raw by Eddie Murphy, Keenan Ivory yeah. Wayans. No, his career yeah. was he's insane, the best. and the, he was gonna. Yeah, he's an incredible incredible writer i met him at a restaurant in the deep valley and i'm telling you the story because it made me giggle so hard so he walks in and i grew up on in living color oh my god I was which is the greatest which is the contrast snl yes yeah yes but it was you know later for listeners that don't listen so we meet up and he wanted me to write a sitcom about his I don't know if I can even say it. his ex-wife. Dean. I don't know what I can say and I can't, but his ex-wife. Can nobody's listening. What is? <laughs> because his ex-wife, who sounded a little cuckoo kachoo, was um, so when they divorced, he said the he said in his family, their saying was, "Don't get mad, get funny," and so he bought a house two doors down from her. <laughs> and that's how they raise their family and so he wanted me to write a, write the pilot and he was going to direct it anyway it didn't get made but when i met him when i met him he had um his iphone and his what he has is the original iphone and that's what he uses still Brilliant. still this was two years ago still he has that it was teeny tiny and i don't know if you've ever seen oh yeah. his fingers he's got these crazy long hands and fingers and i don't know how he used it it was just shocking <laughs> to see this this amazing like iconic comedian with that's just a huge larger than with life the man biggest with hands. teeny teeny tiny yeah. phone like a and you like know somewhere he was like this is gonna be fun and then he just stuck with it Wait, i don't know if he was trying to be funny i'm sure there was what's a, the battery life point, on that 30 seconds i don't think he uses the phone much it was just <laughs> there's very, probably that yeah because, like, how do you keep evolving with technology? At some point in time, you got to be like, fuck it. I like what I like, and I'm sticking with it. I'm not going to keep going. I don't know what it was. It was off. Yeah. Man, I it know. I know what it was. So, anyway, again, what is this podcast about? <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, we're going to really just making. Sh- <laughs> it's, it's really just exploring if our wives are going to think we're funny. At the it's end not. Of the day. So it's about but you guys being funny. No, it's not about that. What is we, it about? We, as we, I get to know, listen, to I love entertainment. I love. <laughs> I love showbiz. I love showbiz. I, I do. Showbiz. I love the different eras of it. I love television and movies. Yeah. And so and to I me, could, it's fascinating talking to people who have. You know, their lives are about whether it's acting or writing or whatever they're doing. And I could give two shits, really. I think I'm more into the exploration of why my wife doesn't think I'm funny. Okay. Yeah, see, I already know why his wife doesn't think he's funny, so I'm just not going to spoil it for him. Do you guys think you're funny? Me? Yeah. Yeah, I know I'm funny. Oh, you know you're funny. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the kiss of death right there. But you know what it is? (laughs) 
I, but she's really funny. She is. You're no. one of the no. You're one of the funnier people I've ever met. No, I, I would That's agree. Not- yeah. No, when you know I've only people. I've also only hung out in, at funerals. Yeah. But this is the second time I've met you, and I remember how powerful you were the moment that I met you. Powerful is the word. That's, That's the, the word. word. Yeah. And <laughs> you quickly understood how to make fun of me faster than most of the people that I've met throughout my Again, life. Again, when I met you, you uh, were wearing a kilt. Yes, yes so but it it's how hard. you perceived it. And also, it's a major Jenna's defense mechanism. Is but it, to yeah, make it's fun. how you perceived it and how quick you were. How, so I have That I was like, God, <laughs> this chick's bad to the bone. Right, well, this is, I'm going to say, this is a settled matter. Are you done? Wrap, well, we've been doing this for two and a half hours now. <laughs> no, you guys now, have and, to learn how to edit. Like, and for I real. know one of. So I want to say this: yeah. you, you're our first guest to yeah. get up in the middle and pee. Okay. You're our first guest to give us um, editing advice, well, production on. advice. Uh, this and is the great. editing's a dying art, so there will be no editing. Yeah, you gotta edit and for real. I can tell you right the second where to edit. You start in the beginning, yeah, yeah. then you edit the and middle, then edit the middle, and then, and then, you, then keep you keep the a little edit. bit of this part right here, and then edit now from here. And again, I'm yeah. lazy like you. I'm not gonna do it. But who's in charge of editing? Me, Derek is. Oh, you gotta edit. Yeah, that's why you yeah, have to yeah, stop yeah. telling me the advice. Oh well, you can tell him. He's your. Partner. I try, but you know. Yeah, you gotta edit. But that's the new format: is to delete editing. I don't think so. I, is it the new format to delete uh, viewership as well? <laughs> for some. Um, yeah, I would for sure edit. Yeah, great. I mean, that's Thank just me. You. I'm not um, going to do it. Uh, I will say we did get yeah. you to take your purse off. Well, that's because I had to pee. I couldn't Well, whatever. I'm it just going to think it's because you did it. you're comfortable here on the banana couch. Okay. Listen, everybody, thank you so much. What a delight. <laughs> it's been. What a treat. Should you, would you like to join the podcast? As what? Not really. Um, <laughs> you have no idea how hard it was to even get her to come I in. Don't oh, I know how yeah. hard it was. No. Um, what a uh, congratulations <laughs> on what a feat to have a podcast. It's really hard these days to have one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so few are doing so few. this amazing art form. Art. I think what so as I'm, I'm learning is uh, it's easier to get people to have a conversation within this than it is to like go to lunch and playing something i, I don't like i wouldn't have met you again and i think that is part of it by the way for me is function. i would rather socialize like this than you know you had a lovely party last week at your home for the holidays which was beautiful okay but i've specifically asked no one to talk about that because what? the invitation list was limited was but it okay. limited yeah yeah it was well guess big. what those people who weren't invited are not listening to this are they they might be i don't who i was supposed Let's to name go to them. that party I, well who, how many so who are the three listeners let me think. Your mom. You know what? Whoever it is, I did. I don't no, remember seeing invited. them at the party. I was supposed to be at that party. Oh, sorry. You were actually not invited, but that's okay. <laughs> but maybe next year we're probably going to do it again next year. All right. Listen, it Thank was a you, real Jenna. delight. Thank you. Thank you so much. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wait, I have a question. How do you pronounce your show? Is it a question? That's. Is it? I'm asking you. That's what That's we're exploring, because dear God, am I funny? It's asking or, the question or s- making a statement. But you guys think it's you could say it two dear different ways. God, am I funny? No, I don't. No, and it's, then the, it's, your people you bring in are saying, ooh. I think that's the bounce back, is there's always insecurities that live in comedy. So one minute yeah. you'll feel confident, the next minute you'll like, oh, new fuck, I don't podcast, know. I think a new podcast will be just Jenna commenting on our episodes. Yeah. 
Like the after show. I don't. I think you've probably made me feel insecure probably oh, seven or eight times Why? throughout this. No, I'm helping. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't be insecure. It's, yes, Why? It's genuine. No, don't be insecure. But you know, my dead brother. I'm not insecure. Wore those shoes, and at his funeral, were which you green? sang at? I didn't sing at it. Oh. Everybody uh, wore them. Were they green and customized with zebra on the back? Oh, no. Well, Jenna, okay, as the president of Greece once said, it was, as the president of Greece once said, it was fine. It was fine. It was fine. I know. I think he she said it was okay. I don't recall what it is now. When I dropped off my contributions to the class breakfast, I saw Jack walking back from chapel with his class. And she's Uh-oh. texting, and she's texting. I even saw him heard, what, what happened? She's texting. No, no, you said we're done. You said we were done. Oh, yeah, we're done. <laughs> okay. I also started checking Anyway, uh, goodbye to everybody. If anybody's listening and wants advice on how to get into comedy, the trick is, is just write your own shit. The end. That really could have been the whole podcast. Yeah. That could have been it. All right, so edit down and just look. I would do I'll that. Just, I would edit it all. Just 10 seconds. Yeah, write your own stuff. Don't let anybody say no and write your own shit. Mm. I'm writing a show right now that took 16 years to start writing. It took, is it about your dad beating you up? Basically. It's called The Car Lot. Oh, it's great. I love it already. Thank Does you. he abuse you? That will be a part of it for sure. I like that show a lot. Are you going to write this? Oh, yeah. Can we turn this off? All right. Is it going to be? What is it? Oh. They found it. It's real. They found it. I have a Singapore Airlines flight. Oh, I thought this was. But it's all in like. No, it's German. Spin the mic. Spin the mic the other way so you can exit smoothly. Are you you just listening to your voice? No, I'm still recording. (laughs) Um, Okay, guys. No, that truly was a pleasure. Oh, what a delight.